0: Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. I mean, who wouldn't love a bonus podcast? Why not? I'm in a giving mood. We got a holiday next Thursday, so we might as well be working ahead. Uh, we got a great interview coming up next week on the podcast with Michael Stewart, a local author. I think you're going to find very, very interesting. And, of course, we'll do a lot of our regular stuff next week, even though it's a holiday week as we look forward to taking Thursday off. There won't be a podcast on Thursday, but we might do a couple of them on Wednesday in advance of that. Uh, the bonus podcast here as we head into the weekend is, it's, I get asked frequently to do still to this day a lot of interviews out of town. Okay, so it's people in sports radio that we reciprocated interviews for years in different markets. And I don't bore you with all of them, but there's one in particular that I've always enjoyed being on, and that is Scott Kaplan's show in San Diego and Los Angeles. Scott Kaplan, way back in the day, and I think I've played a couple of my segments with him before for some of the patrons, at least, if not on the regular podcast, then I've definitely done it for the patrons. Scott Kaplan did a show called Scott and Sid, and of course he was Scott Kaplan. Sid Rosenberg is a New York radio icon and legend who's moved out of sports and into politics. Scott Kaplan has stayed in the sports lane, And he's an entrepreneur. He's an interesting guy. He was a kicker at Pitt. You've seen him as a sideline reporter on CBS from time to time on broadcasts, generally speaking, in California. It would be mostly Chargers, Rams, Raiders, Niners, games, or some on CBS. He doesn't do a lot of that, but he had a nationally syndicated show. His home is in San Diego. He works out of his home now, much like I do, and he's much more aggressive than me in the way that he produces his show. It's all on a YouTube channel. It's all live. You can Google it. You can Google Kaplan and Crew. You could probably find this appearance that you're going to hear uh, with my video because we do it through basically a Zoom call from my studio to his. He's got a couple of co-hosts with him that are really good dudes. They're smart guys. They love sports. They're interesting. They're entertaining. Scott Kaplan is a, he loves sports. As I mentioned, he's an entrepreneur a little bit like I am. He owns pieces of, I think partially owns some racing horses at Del Mar in California because he loves horse racing. So he's a fascinating guy, and they asked me to be on this week because they still love the Chargers and see them kind of as San Diego's team. And to be honest, the stadium isn't really that far away, even though they moved. They just didn't have a sta- stadium in San Diego. I still think someday the Chargers will move back to San Diego and have a new stadium. That time is, is not now. But we got a couple of things that I did this week in other media. The second thing we'll play for you, and I'll be back before we play that, was Friday morning on with Pete Mundo on KCMO, and he wanted to talk about the Royals – possibility of a new downtown ballpark, which is a different discussion that hasn't been had a lot on the podcast. So we thought you'd find both of these topics interesting, but basically what you'll hear from Scott Kaplan coming up in a few minutes is they started their show with a massive discussion about how everyone in Southern California, every sports team has had an owner that died and left their team to a son or a daughter and has been a disaster. And so I didn't even know what the topic was going to be. They bring me on, and this is basically the topic. They want to know about Clark Hunt versus Lamar Hunt. What I say may surprise you. It may, because Lamar gets all the credit, but I'll let the comments speak for themselves. But this is why he's so good. He didn't just have me on and say, well, what do you think of the game this week? And it led to a discussion of, how about this? You're saying that the son is really good at being the owner of the team? Like he pointed to Mark Davis with the Raiders failing, Jeannie Buss with the Lakers, like everything up and down California, the Spanos with the Chargers. They hand it to a kid, and it becomes miserable. And we're kind of the opposite here in Kansas City, to be quite honest. And so we discussed that. I think they found it very interesting. And I, I just really appreciate being on a show where they ask different kind of stuff instead of, how do the Chiefs match up and tell me about this new Tony guy that they got from the Giants and that sort of stuff. There's a little of that in there. We get into the game a little bit, but it's it's always more interesting and deeper With Scott Kaplan and crew. If you want to see the video of this, he's got a YouTube channel. It's just Kaplan and crew and you can go find it and you can watch this interview as well. And I don't know, see how goofy I look sitting here in my home studio. When I do these uh, Zoom calls and interviews with other people, it's kind of fun to do. We won't take much sponsor time in this as it's a bonus podcast, but I did get an email from Spencer over at Finch Knife Company this week. He says, man, I meant to get you this information earlier this week. Everything's going crazy here. We just picked up an incredible dealer in the Netherlands for Finch Pocket Knives. He's so excited. They've released their newest design now to dealers. He says, here's the skinny. We call the new knife we have at Finch Knife Co. Reciprocity. And this comes from a quote from John Clark in Clear and Present Danger, the book and the movie, right? Reciprocity. That's a clever name for it. Revenge is very, very, very dangerous motivation. So we use the word reciprocity. I love that. Spencer says, Finch Knife Company doesn't believe in revenge, but they do believe in being prepared in the warehouse or around camp. Reciprocity has the slicing power to keep you calm and cool. They think this is one of their coolest knives ever. It's called Reciprocity. You can find it at finchnifeco.com just in time for Christmas or visit Shields or the Bullet Hole in Overland Park and buy them in person. A great Kansas City company going global. They're in the Netherlands now, selling Finch pocket knives. This company is going to be huge. I'm telling you right now, you can get on the ground floor. These are going to become collectible knives. They're in ten years from now. These are going to be they're hugely valuable because this company is. These guys have these guys know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing with their company. This is going to blow up, blow up and be a national company, and they're going to sell these knives globally. It's going to be cool. And of course, Dr. Bill Bush at North Kansas City Dental, an award winning dentist who is the dentist to. Patrick Mahomes, why wouldn't he be your dentist? NKCDental.com for a free appointment. Schedule it after the first of the year. Get your teeth cleaned. Do your regular deal. 816-471-2911 for NKCDental.com. All right, I was on Kaplan and Crew talking a little Chiefs football. I thought you might enjoy it here on a bonus edition of KKHI. The KKHI Conversation is brought to you by Fry Orthodontics, where your smile is just the start. Online at fryorthodontics.com.
1: Well, this whole conversation about how Dean Spanos, Mark Davis, and Jeannie Buss are all owners of, you know, at least in the case of the Lakers and the Raiders, these are legendary sporting brands. The Chargers are not that but they're all the, the common denominator is that all three of these current owners had these teams hand delivered on a silver platter by their fathers. This is their primary business now and it's it's what feeds their whole family. And they're all terrible at what they do. <laughs> all of them are terrible at what they do. And we'll talk more about the Chargers and the Chiefs, which is the big Sunday night game coming up because Kevin Keatsman from Kansas City is going to be here. As a matter of fact, I was at a dinner last night with a guy, and uh, this Kevin? guy is from, no, not Kevin, oh. but a guy from Kansas City. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Real, well, wow. You, you, you want to hear something totally wild? Because Kevin's coming on in a minute. Last night, I'm at dinner with a guy, and he's from Kansas City, and he mentioned Kevin by name. I didn't bring Kevin up. And then this morning, Kevin's former business partner, maybe they're still business partners, um, texted me 6 o'clock in the morning. He's coming to Del Mar for the races this weekend, wants to know if I'm going to be out there at the races. So two Kevin Keatsman mentions in about 12 hours, and now Kevin Keatsman, the voice of sports in Kansas City, is coming on the show to talk about the Chiefs versus the Chargers. Before we can Kevin ask him about
2: on. notifications.
1: Yes, we will. Kevin Keatsman from Kansas City. I always say Kevin Keatsman is the voice of sports in the Midwest in America. He uh, was on a radio station for 20 years. that broadcasted to eight states, and now – he dominates the market just with his podcast alone. <laughs> <laughs> here is Kevin Keatsman back on Kaplan and Crew. What's up, Kev? Man,
0: I'm letting you guys down. I need a Kaplan and Crew sign behind me somewhere. I, I mean, you guys have enough of those? You got well, enough screens? You got here. enough signs that say Kaplan and Crew? Because I'm never, I'm not never sure where I am when I'm watching you guys. <laughs> well, let's see here. If you put all you four of us, you can do is remind people, Kevin.
1: Yeah, <laughs> put all four of us on the screen. Yeah. Let's see. Browner got the the, the monitor right there. Browner's monitor is kind of dark. Okay, <laughs> what?
3: Well, you, you can fix that. See, hey, the, man, thing well, is, like, just, the thing is, like, the thing is nowadays, big TV money.
1: you know, when you put something on the internet, you never know
3: where it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. True. And you and you never know if you'll get the right credit. This way, we know.
1: If you see it, you're
3: going to see it. Right. No matter where uh, then, at.
1: And then, Kev, then I got this neon light here right over my shoulder. Yeah, I see that one. This one really illuminates and lets people know what's going on. It's
0: beautiful. You know? It's Thank it's you. actually bigger than your sponsors. <laughs> 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 Did you take any business classes at Pitt?
1: that's right took those business classes so kev um give us a little update uh on, on where the chiefs are as the chiefs are getting ready to come to la to take on the chargers we know what's going on with the chargers and we get to see what's going on with the chiefs obviously but a little state of the chiefs right now going into this game
0: well, they're in really good shape. I mean, they're physically getting healthier. Their points scored are up. Mahomes' touchdowns are up. Their offense is actually better without Tyree Kill. We have a drinking game here in Kansas City that most of the country doesn't know about, but maybe they'll start talking about it. Last week, the Chiefs played a harmless little noon game against the Jaguars, but they sent Jim Nance and Tony Romo here. And by halftime, when Phil Sims said the name Tyree Kill, that was five in the first half and halftime that Tyree Kill was mentioned on the Chiefs broadcast. Chiefs fans. Do a shot whenever an announcer says Tyree Kill. It's a toast. It's a laugh. Tyree Kill's doing great. The Dolphins are doing great. The Chiefs are doing better without him. And the discussion is just completely over in this town. And we make fun of everybody that brings up Tyree Kill. So if there's Kansas City people watching this, if you guys bring up Tyree Kill,
3: oh, I can't awesome.
0: tell you what's in there, but yeah, I'm ready for the Tyree Kill shot. <laughs> that's, that's what we're doing in Kansas City these days.
1: Why are they better without him? Man, he's just got more targets. I think
0: Mahomes, instead of looking for number 10, or number 87, which he's done for five years. I think he's just looking for a red jersey. And, you know, he's going through his progressions and he's reading it, and it doesn't matter who he's throwing to at this point. You know, Kelsey's numbers may be down. They're, they're not really so far. He's having a fine year. They may be down a little because he's just spreading it all over the place. I mean, it's just, it's been remarkable to see. They added this guy, Kadavius Tony, from the Giants. It was like the most, the, the least well-known trade before the trade deadline. Chiefs gave up like a sack of footballs and a kicking tee for this guy. He was a former first round pick, and he has just burst on the scene. He scored a touchdown last week. Had three catches. He ran the ball twice. He's going to start returning kicks. I don't know how they do it, man. I'm I've just—I've given up on him trying to figure it out. They just find guys, they plug them in, and Mahomes is really that good. He just—it just works, man. It just works.
1: Pretty amazing, too, right? Because um, you think about this is probably the greatest period of time. I'm guessing in Kansas City Chiefs history and by the way I mean the Chiefs go back to the early early days of the NFL and the Super Bowls right I mean but but right now this is this is the best time ever for the Chiefs
0: yeah and it's not really close those Chiefs teams of the like 60s and 70s I'm too young to remember them but they were great and then the merger happened the Chiefs were in Super Bowl one and they got drilled by the Packers they won Super Bowl four but there was a 10-year stretch Where the Chiefs was one and one and one, but a lot of that was the AFL and nobody cared. You know, there was no Super Bowl. It's like, oh, that's the AFL. That's not the NFL. You're not really that good. At least that's what my dad taught me. So no, there's been nothing like this, and there's no end in sight. I mean, I don't know how long Andy Reid coaches, but as long as he and Patrick Mahomes are here, the Chiefs are a force every single year. Well,
1: that's my point. I mean, there was a time, Kev, when when you used to come on the show and the Chargers were really, this is when the Chargers were in San Diego, and the Chargers were really, really, really good. They were in it every year, and the Chiefs were trash. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it's funny to hear you say, you know, you don't know how they do it. They keep making the right moves. They let Tyreek Hill go. They pick up this guy, Tony, from the Giants, who was a first-round pick. I had to look him up out of the University of Florida um, that I've never heard of. And they, how are they doing it? They just keep getting things right. And, uh, and it's interesting to hear you talk about how good they are now, knowing the history of when we used to talk and how bad they used to be.
0: Right. I mean, there was a long gap between Marty Schottenheimer and Andy Reid. There were some winning years. Dick Vermeil had a couple of nice offenses and some playoff teams. It wasn't like they were the Lions or the Browns, you know, never in the playoffs. But they didn't win playoff games. They'd never had an AFC title game at Arrowhead Stadium. Now they have four in a row. And right now they're the one seed on track to have the fifth year in a row at their stadium. It's just completely unprecedented. The day Andy Reid arrived, this is... Nobody knows this or, or talks about this. The day he arrived, he had the number one pick in the draft. The Chiefs had the worst record. The worst. They were 1-15, and they drafted Eric Fisher at left tackle after they had traded for Alex Smith. And we thought, oh, okay, the Chiefs could have drafted anybody they wanted at quarterback, and they traded for Alex Smith. And we thought, here we go again in Kansas City. Alex Smith was a good player here. They won a lot of games yeah. with Alex Smith. Then they made the deal to trade up and got Patrick Mahomes, and it changed everything. And You know, the AFC has been weak the last few years, but it is not anymore. This is getting harder and harder for the Chiefs. They got beat by the Bengals last year in the playoffs who went to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are only 2-2 and at home in those four home games to go to the Super Bowl. That ain't great. I mean, Andy hasn't been great in the playoffs. He hasn't been great in title games, and he hasn't been great in the Super Bowl. But my God, does this guy know how to win a division? I mean, it is ridiculous watching the Chiefs in the regular season just steamroll this division. And all they're talking about this week is this thing is over. If the Chiefs win Sunday night, the AFC West is done and we're not even to December.
1: Hey, Hey, uh, Kev, I just want to ask you just real quick because we were having this conversation before you came in. So Dean Spanos was handed the team by his father, and Alex pointed out that in 28 years, they've only been to the playoffs seven times. Mark Davis was handed the team by his father, and he's turning the Raiders into a mess regardless of his nice new stadium in in Vegas. And we're talking about Jeannie Buss, who was handed the team by her father, and yes, the Lakers won a championship a couple years ago, but in her time as owner... They're really, they've been bad and they've got huge salaries and big name players, et cetera. In Kansas City, the Hunt family owns a team. And the guy who's the current Hunt, the, the team was handed to him from his father, too, right? Why is he, in your opinion, a better owner than the three that we were talking about?
0: Okay, Lamar Hunt, the dad who is deceased, was a visionary. He had the idea for the AFL. He thought, let's he was he lived in Dallas. He was a rich kid. His dad at that point was the richest man in the world. It was the Hunt family of Texas. They had oil and silver. And they were, the, they were the wealthiest family in the world. And so he was the kid and he's like, I love football and the Dallas Cowboys are here. Let's start the Dallas Texans and start our own league and compete against them because he was just a rich kid. And it turned out that the AFL worked. It wasn't working in Dallas. So they moved to Kansas City after a couple of years. Then he put together this coalition of teams. It worked. He built it. I mean, the, the man was a visionary in a lot of ways, not just that way. He got in major league soccer early And Kansas City has championships in soccer here. And the Hunt family owns a couple of soccer teams. They became part owners of the Chicago Bulls under Lamar Hunt. He's invested in Premier League teams in soccer, and he did this 25 years ago when nobody was watching soccer. So Lamar Hunt was kind of a visionary, but he wasn't a great owner for the Chiefs. He was cheap. I mean, I can't overstate this. He was cheap and he was overly loyal. He would be too loyal to his general managers who were no good. He wouldn't fire anybody. He didn't like to rock the boat. He just wanted to make his profit, live in Dallas, make money in Kansas City, and life is good. Clark, on the other hand, Went to SMU, graduated number one in his class in business, understands how you really make money in sports is by winning and building a brand and being more than just one of 32. And the day he took over, the Chiefs started spending money. They started using draft capital to go get quarterbacks and bring people in and say, look, I'm going to be the team that hires Andy Reid. He's available. There were several other teams that wanted him. The Cardinals wanted him. I'm going to overpay Andy Reid. I'm going to get the guy in here. And then I'm going to get the right people in charge to find me the players. And it's worked. And, and honestly, I know Clark Hunt's made a lot of money owning the Chiefs. But paying a half a billion dollars to pack Mahomes is good business. It's good business. You're going to make more money in the long run because your franchise is going to be worth more. If you're a winning franchise in a smaller market like Kansas City, I don't know what it's worth now, $4 billion probably. But I mean, it's more than that on the open market. Because what if, if you ask Jeff Bezos, do you want to own an NFL team? Which one do you think he wants to own? I'll take the one with Patrick Mahomes the next 10 years. I mean, it literally has just completely transformed the business. And I think Clark saw that. His dad never saw it that way. His dad was keep the payroll down, don't pay too much. He was way too loyal to people. Clark's got a, a way better handle for how to run this thing. And that's go beat the other owners.
1: Wow, that's awesome to hear, man. How about that, guys? We were talking about dads handing kids teams and teams falling apart and kids being bad owners. Kevin just told us how the Kansas City Chiefs owner was bad. And now the kid. Has the team, and they're good. Um, Kevin Keatsman is here. His podcast, KK, has issues.
3: Yeah, it's appropriate. Would you? Yeah, I know that should be the name of mine too. <laughs> what would you say? Look at this transition. Is the Chiefs' biggest issue, if you had to pick something out?
0: Uh, the Chiefs' biggest issue is Andy Reid isn't great in the postseason. They have a tendency to fall apart. They get there's a little hubris involved in this. They they are convinced they're great. And that can bite you in the ass when you're playing the Bengals in the playoffs and you're looking across at Joe Burrow and you're going, well, they've never won anything. We're going to beat these guys. Look, the last three times they've played the Bills, this is uh, last year in the regular season, then the epic playoff game where the Bills took the lead with 13 seconds to go and the Chiefs came back in 13 seconds. And then the one this year, the Bills have been the better team and it hasn't been close. In all three of those games, the Bills were the better team yet the Chiefs found their way to the AFC title game. So they always believe they have this magic. You know, I think the Bulls were like that with Michael Jordan. There was always this mid-season thing. You'd be like, oh, are they, is this the year they're not as good? And They turn it on when they had to. The problem is in the NFL, you're one and done. There's no seven-game series. If the Chiefs don't turn it on in a playoff game, they're going home. And I think that is their biggest single problem is they go into every stinking game thinking it's going to be easy, and this league is not like that.
2: Even though... Andy Reid is a good coach.
0: He is a good coach. Very good coach. Hall of Fame coach. Great coach. Great
2: coach, getting but to, to, getting to two Super Bowls for Kansas City and losing two AFC Championship games. Like that, to me, to me that's not a bad thing. Everybody gets beat. Like the other guys get paid too. And I think Pete sometimes people take Andy because this is what happened to him in Philadelphia. He didn't quote unquote "win enough." Right? And so they he got ran out. And I think, you guys I, think I hope it's that it's Brady's beat- fault. I hope, that, I hope that people in Kansas, maybe, I hope that people in Kansas like- City understand what they have in Andy Reid as opposed to hitting people with the two-and-two two record because you could be like Chicago
3: and it took one of the guys off the staff and never sniffed nothing close to it. I just feel like for a long time there, the Patriots made it seem like winning the Super Bowl was easy. Even if you have a Patrick Mahomes, it's not. Mahomes, right. one Super Bowl. Tom Brady, one Super Bowl. Drew Brees, one Super Bowl. Payne Manning, too. Like, it's not easy to win five or six. No, you're and right. Think, and and, yeah. and
0: this may sound dumb, but it's, at one point, wasn't Tom Brady like three and three in Super Bowls? And people were like, yes, oh, man. he's only won half of them. I'm like, three and three. Yes. We'll take that yeah. here. The Chiefs are one and one right now. We'll take three right. and three. So your point is very well taken. Um, I, I just think with Andy, you know, w- one of the things that really sticks with me was the Tampa Super Bowl. How do you have Patrick Mahomes in that offense? And they didn't score a touchdown in that game. So what was it? They can say, well, it was the Britt Reid crash three days before that almost killed the little girl. Maybe the team was weird. I don't buy that for a second. I think it was hubris. Again, I thought they thought Tom Brady's an old man. We've watched them on film. They're not as good as us. We're going to Tampa. We're going to kick their butt. And they didn't score a touchdown that night. I mean, they've, they've really revamped everything they do offensively since that game. You know, Tampa would play the two-deep zone. They'd cover it deep and say, you're not going to beat us with deep plays. The Chiefs don't need that anymore. They can dink and dunk you to death. They have multiple receivers. They don't count on throwing it 50 yards downfield, but they can. So they really had to change everything after that Super Bowl. But the fact that Andy didn't identify that coming in or know what to do with it in game and say, okay, we've got a problem here. Let's deal with this. They were not competitive in that Super Bowl. And that that to me still is an example of what happens to Andy Reid in the postseason.
2: There also, also their ability to just let Tyreek Hill walk. I thought a lot of people made way too much of that. You have the guy in Patrick Mahomes. You have the coach in Andy Reid. Those two guys will figure it out. And like you said, they have. And to me, this has made Patrick Mahomes, this is the best version of him. Because what got them in trouble in that Super Bowl is we can score in seven seconds because we could just throw it to Tyreek Hill. You don't got to worry about that no more. You got weapons all over the place. And utilizing these weapons has made Patrick Mahomes far more dangerous, if you ask me.
0: No, no question, especially over a sixty-minute game. I agree with right. you. Maybe not as as dangerous as last year with thirteen seconds left against the Bills. I, I, but I don't know. We don't around here. We don't count on Patrick Mahomes not being able to do anything. But again, <laughs> you can't you can't get yourself in a situation in the postseason where you go into a game and either take them lightly or have the wrong game plan. The Chiefs are an NFL team. Nobody is good enough to overcome those things, guys. We've watched football our whole lives. We know this about this league. The Chiefs. Here's here's an interesting thing about the Chiefs. So are they the odds-on favorite to win the AFC? Yes. Does that mean anything? Well, let me
1: put it in perspective. The Chiefs lost to the Colts, which was the first team to fire its coach this year. Yeah, right. That's right. And they they lost to them under Frank Reich.
0: Yep. And it was clearly a game that the Chiefs thought, all we got to do is show up in Indianapolis and this game is over. They phoned it in and got their butt kicked. You can't do it.
1: Kevin Keatsman is here. Kevin Keatsman's podcast is called KK Has Issues, and he does. And uh, who doesn't? (laughs) He talks a lot about sports and politics and life, and um, it's really great. So you should check it out. And I say that because, um, KK, listen, here's the thing. You you never know when you can expand your audience into Southern California, you know? know, A lot of people listening and watching on YouTube, listening on radio. So why not try and pick up some more listeners? How do people find the KK Has Issues podcast? The
0: easiest way is anywhere you listen to podcasts, just hit the search bar. It's KK Has Issues or Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. The website is kkhasissues.com. You can play all the podcasts right through there. We have plenty of listeners in California. I can see every day. Now, most of them, I'm sure, transplanted Kansas Citians because Mm -hmm. it is kind of a Midwest podcast. We do some politics or news events that are national. When when big stories are happening, we talk about big stories around the country. But it's, I think, a, a pretty solid mix of, of news, politics, sports. Clearly, people come to my podcast wanting sports. Most every Monday and every Friday, it's all sports. During the week, we hit on some other things. So, I like the balance. It's been a 2.0 version of me. You know, I get to talk about things and do things and and have people on that I wouldn't have, I would never have had on doing just sports radio. So, I find it, uh, you know, really kind of tickling my funny bone and enjoying my broadcasting. Sitting here in my home office with my dog, who's right down there. Life's yeah, good, sure. man. Life's good sure, right here. Sure.
1: My, my dog is literally laying right here. Yeah. You, sometimes you can hear him snoring. He likes Sometimes. To lay, he likes to lay by All this light. Because Every he, day. Yeah. He, right do here, you think they here, ever wonder, to...
0: who the hell are they talking to? Right. Here do dogs is, right ever here, wonder here. Here. that? This dog is <laughs> right
1: here. He's just laying here, sleeping. That's awesome. You know, minding his own business. I love it. Um, I love working from home. I really do. Um, although I will tell you this just real quickly. Um and I told John and Alex, I would never leave my house again. Like I was always going to be doing Zoom calls the rest of my life. I don't want to waste gas. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to go out for lunches. I was wrong. I will say that face-to-face meetings help move things wow. faster, but I'm now a Zoom guy. <laughs> uh, but I'm finding myself going back out, doing a lot more face-to-face and, and real hand-to-hand combat because uh, things get done. I, I didn't think that, but now I do.
0: Well, I like doing this, but mostly I don't like people walking into my office with their problem. That's what I didn't like all the years, you know, being a partner in a business. is like a guy would walk in and say, man, I got a flat tire. I can't afford new tires. Can you help me out? Is there anything the company can do? I'm like, I, I'm so tired of everybody else's problems. I couldn't take it anymore. So this is great like that, but I don't know how you guys are. I got to leave the house every day. Now, I, oh, you know, we, we live in this, we're in Kansas city. But we don't live in the city. Like I'm on the edge. I'm on the Southwestern edge of Kansas city. If I, you know, drive a mile to the West of my new house that we built here There's fields, all right? There's cows not far from here, like literally. And we like it that way. So I got to get in my car sometimes and just go drive, open the sunroof and get some air because I'm just not used to being home every day. I'm still not used to it. I've been doing it for two years and I'm not used to it. I went to work every day for 36 years and I'm just not used to this.
1: Dude, I I drive to LA once, sometimes twice a week. And people are like, damn, you drive to LA that much? I'm like, I love it. I love getting out of my house. I love being in a new environment. Browner, you said that we should ask Kevin what he does about notifications. Kev, do you have notifications on your phone? Do you you have notifications on or are they all off? And if so, from what apps?
0: Well, I'm not a techie. I get notifications on my phone, but I can't honestly tell you what I've got it set up as. My son mostly did that for me. (laughs) So I get notifications of things that I subscribe to. So um, I get things from podcasts that I listen to or whatever it is that I follow and check out, but I don't use it through an app. It's however the iPhone is set up. Things that I... Actually follow, I get notifications on. Does that make sense? That
1: makes you hear what that makes Kevin sound like, Alex. Say it. Say it. Old. Yeah. Make him sound old. Oh. Know, like when you when you and and me no, too, Kev. Actually, These guys tease well, me all I the time. Guess
3: setting it up. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's because
3: uh, preface context is always important, Kevin. It's because it Scott fun? started the show by saying, "Guys like me." i was like "Oh, what does that make you seem like like a fresh young hip kid no i mean guys like me yeah (laughs) epitome of cool
1: yeah so hey kev before you roll i'm curious um got about a minute here but but you're gonna take the chiefs to win this game i mean the Chargers are all beat up right i mean they're too hurt joey bosa's hurt their left tackles hurt they're getting their receivers back this week they're just too beat up everywhere i gotta think the chiefs win this game
0: all right so we have gambling in kansas now and oh, the line is dog the you. line we is lost. six and a half.
3: Blown out the water. There uh.
0: is no chance I'm betting on the Chiefs minus six and a half. Zero. This is a division game, but I called the thing Monday night. I was on a local show here on a news talk station that does some sports. They had me on to talk sports, and he says, "Oh, this Eagles Commanders game is just going to be horrible." I said, "Dude, it's a division game. I, the Chiefs lost to the Colts." The Eagles can lose to the commanders. I said, I'm not predicting it. I'm not putting a bunch of money on it, but don't just throw this game away and say the commanders can't win. I, The underdogs have done great this year in the NFL. Four points or more, they have done phenomenally against the spread and won half of those games outright. This is the Chargers season. Whatever they've got in the tank, they're going to spend it. And the Chiefs have a 50-50 shot of showing up with nothing. I'm telling you. they, they Some nights, they just have nothing. So, no. Wow. I, if the Chiefs win by 17, Fine. But I'm betting, I ain't betting on him to win by a touchdown. No chance. How hard was the game in Kansas City? The Chargers should have won that game.
2: Wait, you guys have betting there, and, yeah. and the city's not on fire? The, the state hasn't blown up? Wait, no. what? No, it's good you got not addicts in the street betting on their phones? It's good. Shaking because they can't get another bet in their veins? What? <laughs> I'm yeah, old we school, gotta man. Roll.
1: I'd, love to, I'd love to keep going with this conversation. We're up against the break. Hey, it is great to be with you always. Thank you so much for doing this. And to everybody listening and watching, stick around. Plenty more to come. Kevin Keatsman, we appreciate you, buddy.
0: That's always just so much fun for me being on with Scotty Caps, as we call him and his team. They're good guys, and I hope you enjoyed that. I was able to do another interview on Friday morning with Pete Mundo on Mundo in the Morning on KCMO Talk Radio 710. Completely different topic, but a podcast-worthy segment nonetheless because we got into a few subjects that we really haven't broached on the KKHI podcast. It's so fun to do these interviews because they ask things that I haven't thought of. I love working with other talented interviewers who ask things and want to discuss things that I'm not really – Sometimes prepared for or know where it's going. I enjoy the challenge of that. I enjoy ad-libbing and speaking from the hip. But mostly I enjoy doing interviews with smart people who know what they're doing and ask questions that I'm, I haven't really even thought of to put on the podcast. And that certainly was the case with my good friend, Pete Mundo. Before we play that for you, I want to give a nod to Amazing Garage Floors and AmazingGarageFloors.net. John Hutchins is good. Heather Hutchins is great. That's the emails I get. From Amazing Garage Floor, Hutch texts me the other day. He goes, you got to be kidding me. Now Heather's going to be the star of this company? I'm like, yeah, she's going to be the star of this company. Because she's the one that calls up and says, let me come out to your garage. And let me take a look and see if I can save you $500. And drives out to your house and saves you money. Yeah, Hutch, yes. Heather is our sponsor star of the week. No doubt about it. AmazingGarageFloors.net. And my buddy Ron Buck over at Buck Roofing and Construction. Online at rbuckroofing.com. He is the best roofer anywhere in the Midwest. He handles everything personally. He's obviously got general managers and crews and does many jobs at once. They've gotten big, but man, Ron knows every job every day and visits every single site. He is on it. 913-384-2680, and you'll sleep well. Knowing Buck Roofing, fix the roof over your head. All right, Pete Mundo. Man, this guy's great. If you ever listen to his show on KCMO on any weekday morning, like before KKHI drops, he talks a lot about his events called Politics in a Pint. He does them every so often. I went to a couple of these. We went to the one with Amanda Atkins. We went to the one with Mark Alford. And Pete's great. He always gets a nice crowd. He's really good in front of people. It's fun to go to one of these. If you ever want to go to one of his events, Pete Mundo does a great job. Nobody in Kansas City works harder in the media than Pete Mundo. And it's always my privilege to go on his show. The topic on Friday, Royals getting a brand new stadium. Is it possible? Is it a pipe dream? It's Mundo in the morning. Roll that beautiful bean footage.
4: What are we to make of uh, John Sherman saying, you know what? It's time to go downtown, $2 billion price tag. And, um, you know, I'm not going to look for any more out of the Jackson County taxpayer than the quarter or three-eighths of a cent sales tax that's currently out there paid for by Jackson County. But, you know, it's going to be some negotiating here. Someone who I know will have great perspective on this uh, joins us now, Kevin Keatsman, the podcast you should listen to. Kevin Keatsman has issues, talking not just sports, but news and politics as well. Joining us on KCMO. Uh, Kevin, good morning. Great to have you on. What was your initial reaction when John Sherman sent out this letter?
0: Well, thanks for having me, Pete. I appreciate that. As always, it's great to be on your show. Um, it, uh, first thing I thought was it takes a lot of Cajones to to write the letter that he wrote that said, I want $2 billion and then tell the Jackson County taxpayers that they're not going to pay any more than they're already paying. So you're already admitting that you're taking tax dollars from Jackson Countyans to run a baseball team. People don't understand this, Pete. They they don't understand why multi-billion dollar franchises owned by billionaires deserve tax dollars from the common folks. I've never understood it. I, you know, we watch all these other things. We watch Panasonic come in and build a plant. We watch these companies do whatever. We watch Oracle purchase Cerner. We're talking about billions of dollars. And I don't see them buying Cerner saying, okay, we'll buy Cerner and we'll stay in Kansas City if you give us all this money or something like that. I just don't get it. What The problem with downtown baseball right now, and I would love a downtown baseball stadium. So let me, let me just let everybody know right from the start. I think it's a great idea. I think it's where baseball belongs. I think it's where it would thrive in Kansas City. The time for a downtown baseball park was 15 years ago when downtown needed revitalization and renovation, but we've done it without baseball. Downtown is thriving. They're building apartments we've got a luxury hotel. If people haven't been to the Lowe's hotel, it's spectacular. We have concerts downtown. We have the power and light district. We have a uh, T-Mobile center. We have all these things that we didn't have 15 years ago. Most cities used baseball stadiums to revitalize their downtown David Glass didn't want to do it. The previous owner, he was too cheap. He only put twenty-five million dollars of his own money into the Kauffman Stadium renovation. And because he chose not to do it at that time, here we are, too far down the road. We don't need baseball in our downtown. We don't. And unfortunately for the Royals, that's their problem. And they're having—it's such a problem that—and so much has gone on downtown, they really don't know where to build this stadium. I mean, there's 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 no obvious place. And now they want to build their own entertainment district to compete with Power and Light. What what is all this? And and by the way, he wants 2 billion dollars? If 2 billion dollars is what the Royals are getting, that's 4 billion because the Chiefs are going to want 2 billion too, and we never do anything in this town without doing both teams at one time because we're idiots.
4: Well, that were that's where I wanted to go next with the Chiefs because I wonder and I'd be curious to hear what you think about this. How much do the Chiefs really want the Royals out of there anyway at the Truman Sports Complex so they can do whatever they want to do with an entertainment district, uh, You know, kind of like what you got in Arlington, uh, Texas Live kind of a situation. You could have sports betting there if Missouri ever gets its act together, some hotels, restaurants, bars. Uh, if the Chiefs basically like, we want this, we want the Truman Sports Complex are they you think in some ways kind of pushing the Royals out no matter what Well I think
0: they'd like the Royals out they'd like to have the property all to themselves which is going to be a you know a land grab for them they're going to want the land and the property to develop themselves and do whatever it is they want to do but if both teams want to develop stuff that involves restaurants and entertainment and things like that why wouldn't they just do all that where they are I guess I, I guess I'm missing the point here if, they, if that's what they both want is to make money outside of their sport and build things, You know, maybe they're tired of working together on this thing. Here's what I know. The Chiefs are just better run than the Royals. They're ruthless. They're really smart. Clark Hunt is a really smart guy. Since he's taken over, the Chiefs have had unprecedented success. His dad's in the Hall of Fame. Let's not even compare the two as owners. Clark Hunt is a 10 times better owner than his dad was. He knows exactly what he's doing. And the real savvy behind the Chiefs right now is just sitting quiet. Let the Royals take all the bullets and sit back and wait till the right time and say, okay, that's what you're doing for them. We're getting this too, right? So they're not even the bad guy Mm -hmm. in this one. It's crazy. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And the irony too is, you know, they've got obviously the far superior product. So, uh, you know, fans are more likely because a lot of this stuff gets emotional to approve something or continue some type of tax in Jackson County or wherever for the team that's, you know, hosting four or five straight AFC titles, right? So there's the emotional angle of this too. And that's where I wonder how the Royals will uh, approach the public about this if and when that time does come. And I imagine it's coming. It's just a matter of when.
0: Well, I I don't know what the Royals projections are, and they'd never tell you, Pete. But let's just say they made $100 million a year more every year downtown than what they're making at Kauffman Stadium, which is kind of a – the renovation of Kauffman Stadium should never have happened. I was right then I'm right now. They did a terrible job with it. They built stuff they didn't need. We had a merry-go-round in the outfield, for God's sake. Okay. They built the little K. It looks like Smiley's driving range out there. They put a metal shed over the top of it. They put some ice cream stands in. They didn't do much. They just got, they had free money. So they did it. And Kansas City went, oh my God, we have such a beautiful ballpark. The renovation of Coppen Stadium was a train wreck from the start. It was never, ever done right. Okay. So let's get that out of the way. Again, we were right then and we're right now. Kauffman Stadium is not up to standard for Major League Baseball. But what do we know about these owners? David Glass bought the team for $93 million. He sold it for a billion dollars. Okay, so let's say it's worth a billion two today to John Sherman. If he builds his own downtown ballpark, instantly it's worth twice that because there's baseball teams worth $7 billion. So if he builds a new downtown ballpark, everything he put, it's like buying a house, Pete. If you pay cash for your house, your net worth hasn't taken any hit. You just moved your cash from your cash to real estate. Then your house goes up, mm-hmm. and you actually make money. This the, the major impetus on this should be the Royals ownership group. If they don't come up with a billion dollars of their own money, I don't even want to hear about it because their their value of their franchise is going to go up a billion dollars on this thing, and nobody ever looks at that. But they're going to make a pile mm-hmm. of money every year in profit. And their business is going to go up a billion dollars the day they open that stadium.
4: This should be mostly on the Royals. How about the city perspective here? Um, You know, Quentin Lucas has kind of stayed quiet on this thing thus far. But what should the city be thinking about this from its own standpoint, its own potential liability, When it comes to possibly moving the team downtown, what do you make of of how they should be feeling? Well,
0: I don't know if you know, you know, I don't know if all your listeners know my history of being opposite on almost everything with Quentin Lucas, Uh, everything Kansas City with Quentin Lucas, because I just see him as another liberal that runs around and acts like he's not a liberal. So we know what he does. What he does is liberal. What he says is not. He reminds me of Barack Obama that way. At least Joe Biden is just a compla- crazy lib all the way through, and they're saying the, the quiet part out loud now. I give him credit for being honest about their thievery and stealing our money and, and throwing it away in Ukraine and places like that. But Quentin Lucas has always been the scariest kind of guy to me. He's going to do liberal stuff but say conservative things. I think he means it this time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna You're going to fall off your chair, Pete. I agree with Mayor Lucas on everything he said about this downtown ballpark. What he has said is we have more questions than answers. We don't know where to put it. We don't know how many people and businesses that's going to displace. And he said, if, if the Royals are coming in, what about the Chiefs? Where are we going to find this money? Are they coming to me for money? What is it they want? Now, this could be posturing for Mayor Lucas that he wants a good deal, that he wants to be promised the congressional seat when Cleaver is gone or an opportunity to run for Senate in Missouri or something. You know, Mayor Q's deal is always what's in it for me politically. So he may just be playing that game, but he did an interview on on 610 Sports Radio this week with Carrington Harrison, and I heard it and listened to it. I agreed with everything Mayor Q said. So if he and I agree on this thing, how are they ever going to pass a vote where taxpayers are going to give the Royals money?
4: Yeah, and I mean, this is, I mean, we are just in the infancy of this conversation. It's obviously going to be fascinating to follow. Uh, Kevin Keatsman's podcast, Kevin Keatsman, has issues on KCMO Talk Radio. Be sure to check it out. Uh, Kevin, I can't get you out of here without asking you about this Chiefs team right now, sitting at 7-2, and two, going into Sunday night. Is this team where you thought it would be at this point in the season had they exceeded expectations, come up short? How are you feeling at about the halfway point of the 2022 Chiefs season, Kevin?
0: Man, I think they're exactly where I thought they would be. Last year, if you recall, they lost to Tennessee after their 7th game and they were 3 and 4 and we were all shocked and disappointed that the Chiefs weren't as good as we thought they would be. They turned that around and wound up hosting the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium, but I think this is what you expect out of a Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes team. 7 and 2 sounds about right to me. They look like the odds on favorite to win their division. It's still going to be hard to be the one seed in the AFC, but it's right there for them. This game Sunday night against the Chargers is, is really everything. They The Chiefs can wrap up the division this Sunday. I mean, this is the earliest anybody's ever won a division. Now, that's not mathematically, but practically, they will have the thing won mm-hmm. if they beat the Chargers. The Chargers are trying to save their season, and they're healthier than when they played the Chiefs and played them really well earlier this year. Their receivers are back. Joey is still out, but Kalimak's going to provide Quite a pass rush. This will not be an easy game for the Chiefs, who are dinged up at wide receiver. This is going to be hard. But, man, Pete, if they win this one, they've got the division. I mean, that's a, you could put the AFC West to bed, and then it's just are they the one seed or not.
4: And I know the one seed thing, especially now with the seven teams in the playoffs from each conference, you know, only the one seed gets the bye. How much do you think the Chiefs need that one seed home field versus, say, any time in the last five years? Buddy, I'm so close to saying it matters uh, not
0: at all. I, I think the home field advantage in the NFL is not anything like it used to be. It's not your daddy's NFL. You know, when I grew up, it was everything was playing at home. If you played at home, teams' offenses would come in, and they couldn't function. They couldn't score. They couldn't do anything. That's not the case anymore. Buffalo comes in and scores. Cincinnati comes in and scores. The Chargers, the Raiders, they all come in and score. So crowd noise and playing at home doesn't matter in the NFL like it used to. You want that one seed because you want that week off in the playoffs. I mean, that's just a huge deal to get a week off now. It's the only team that gets a bye is one team in each conference, and that is a massive deal that time of year when your team is almost assuredly going to be dinged up with injuries. So that's the main reason. Look, the Chiefs have had four straight AFC title games, Pete. They're 2-2. and So that proves my point. It's about a 50-50 deal. I mean, does it really matter if you play here? Or at Cincinnati, I don't think it matters that much, and I don't think Sunday night it matters that much. What matters Sunday night is the Chargers' season is on the line. They are going to bring everything they have against the Chiefs, and this is going to be a really, really hard game for Kansas City to win.
4: Yeah, it is. Uh, Kevin Keatsman, check out the podcast, Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Kevin, love having you on, man. Thank you for being here, and uh, we'll hear you Monday uh, with Chris. Thanks so much. Thank you,
0: thank you very much, Pete. And you were awesome. All your politics and pint events that I went to, you folks go to them. Pete, you're wonderful. You're really something.
4: Well, Kevin, that was hey. When I saw you, man, that was uh, that was that was really special. That meant a lot. So thanks for coming out. I appreciate that.
0: Always fun to be on with Pete Mundo. What a great, great guy. We appreciate the opportunity to get on and speak about things that are important to Kansas Citians on KCMO and would encourage anyone to listen to either his show in the morning and or Chris DeGall's show from 10 to noon each and every day. They're both good friends and good guys. And I always appreciate the opportunity to go on and talk about things there and maybe even get a little publicity for the podcast every now and then. Pretty good stuff. Probably going to get a weekend edition from Spencer, although he's really busy this weekend. And the weekend edition is always brought to you by our good friends at Cornerstone Property Management. Let your rental work for you. My buddy GW over at Cornerstone Property Management told me this week, he said they haven't really wanted to advertise this part of what they do as part of their property management, but he he's also a real estate uh, buyer. He buys homes, repairs them, and resells them. You call it flipping, whatever you want to call it. If you need to sell a property fast, Cornerstone Property Management will absolutely buy your property for cash in a hurry. So if you want to do that, get a hold of GW Weld. It's pretty simple stuff. You're just going to uh, contact their website, which is homewithcornerstone.com. And you'll find all the information you need right there. If you've inherited a house, if you own a rental property you want to get rid of and you want to sell it, it's too many repairs. If you know somebody in this situation, GW is awesome. Great young guy, really smart, total conservative. It's not we buy ugly houses, but he'll buy your house. He'll buy it fast. If you've got a house you want to sell, it's getting harder to sell houses right now. Homewithcornerstone.com. That's homewithcornerstone.com. His main business is property management, but he buys properties. I've told you he refurbishes all these old buildings. It's it's really cool in Eudora. It's really cool to see what he's doing in downtown Eudora. He's buying these buildings. He's remodeling and refurbishing all of them to their historical significance, and businesses are coming in in downtown Eudora. This guy is a go-getter now, all right? You got a house you want to unload. um, You know, you just whatever it may be inherited somebody's lost whatever whatever gw is the guy home with cornerstone.com and my buddy daniel out of ee e. outdoor this is a great hardscapes company they do outdoor living landscaping fire pits outdoor bars kitchens of course they do regular landscaping they love to build landscape beds retaining walls things of this nature anything like that ee e. it's earth effects outdoor they've been in business over 25 years they have a great reputation all over Kansas City. Go to their website to contact Daniel. It's eeoutdoor.com. Uh, man, I wish, I wish I had known Daniel and the work that he does before we built our house because we did a lot of work of this line that we went through the builder and whatnot. But it would have been great to be able to use Daniel. I've got a couple of projects for him, I'm pretty sure, in the spring. I, got a, I think I need a retaining wall. And I may need like a little rock river feature thing that goes down to the woods behind our house to drain the water a little better. I got some work for you, Daniel, you hang in there. I I promise you, I got some work for you, no doubt. And everybody listening should find some work for EE Outdoor as well. Whether it's regular, just, you know, lawn maintenance, grass cutting, things of that nature, or anything hardscape or landscape, eeoutdoor.com, proud sponsor of KKHI Weekend, along with Cornerstone Property Management, of course, you can find both of these great advertisers on the KK list. The kklist.com. I keep getting emails. What's the name of that site? I can't find it. I can't find it. The t h e the 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 kklist.com. You have to punch in t h e the kklist.com. The kklist.com. There you go. Everybody's right there in one place. Man, have a great weekend. Looking forward to it and hope you're making great plans for a holiday week next week as well we'll be with you all the way through as there's been so much news and information things going on it's been a busy time here and i enjoy it very much and i can't thank you enough for listening to kevin keatsman has issues thanks for listening to kevin keatsman has issues presented by roberts robinson chevrolet buick gmc